What's up, guys? This week, uh, we review some post-tournament results. We talk about some cases we learned about, and uh, we just dive into some interesting stuff. have a game plan for today so um bear with us we are a little late um but we're going to be doing uh some expedited episodes today um and just as a quick note before we get started steven is out of town this week and i after this tournament that we uh will be talking about today um along with half of our club caught some vicious cold so that is why my voice sounds like a frog um but stay tuned bear with us as we dive into this week's episode of the team policy podcast Okay. Okay, um, so I did not know that the rest of the club got your sickness. Is it like the flu yes. or just a cold or um it's it's like a cold. Um it's kind of a vicious cold. Uh we all came down with it about the same time, I think. Wait. Um at least two other people in our team policy group um came down with it almost the same time I did and the exact same symptoms. Um, half of my family came down with it along with me, uh -oh. um, and I, I have heard based off you know just through the grapevine that uh, it seems like everyone else, um, and almost somebody in in every family in our club is is dealing with this exact same cold. So, hmm. um, a lot of fun there. <clears throat> I feel miserable, but that's okay. We are going to put out that awesome content for you guys, nonetheless. So, Elijah, what are we talking about today? Today we'll be going over uh, some. You had there's a China case, and then there was the greatest of all squirrel cases. Uh, was there anything else? Um, I think that's it for today. We also have the phrase of the week, in which we'll be talking about topical counter plans. So that should be interesting. Um, Elijah, take. Uh, are you familiar with the cutting off aid to China case at all? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, that makes two of us. Um. <clears throat> so, in this case, um, eating it, cheese it, so that's why there's a little bit of a crunch here. Like I said, guys, this is a really spontaneous episode, so just bear with us. But um, I had a tournament this past weekend um, in, I think it was Monroe, North Carolina. Um, I know a lot of people tuning in are probably from different parts of the region or even different parts of the United States. So, um, for those of whom don't know, Monroe, North Carolina is a little tiny town outside um, about an hour outside Charlotte, North Carolina, um, basically the middle of nowhere, but uh, not a bad area, just kind of rural and uh, uh, not the most you know desirable location, I guess you'd say. Um, but we were at this tournament that our club was hosting. Our, our club is Shannon, uh, which is Hebrew for to pierce and to sharpen. Um, I oh, didn't I didn't know that. How come nobody told yes. me that? Just, yeah, just a fun fact about our, our club. Our club was made like 20 years ago. Um, so that's why the name's pretty solidified. Um, <clears throat> but our club was hosting a, a very small practice tournament uh, as part of um, sort of our more regional league. So we are involved with STOA, not officially at our club, but people within our club are involved with STOA, typically the team policy debaters. Um, we are involved, though, in this little 
um, sort of regional league known as CCFC or Christian Communicators of the Southeast. And um, CCFC is, well, what it sounds like. It's basically STOA, but on a much smaller scale um, in the Southeast. So there's, there's a club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Basically, it's outside Charlotte, really. But um, Charlotte, there's one in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Well, they're Fort Bragg, which is a massive military base with with a, a very considerable number of active duty service members. Um, there's one in in Richmond, Virginia. Um, there used to be several in Virginia, but now there's only one or two left. Um, there's a new club in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and one in Greenville, North Carolina, or maybe it's Raleigh. I think I'm not sure, but there's there's several clubs. Um, it, it is expanding a little bit as of late. Um, and we were just doing a, a small practice tournament, which only has four TP rounds and uh, I think four rounds of like public forum debate or something, which is something our league offers and um, some some other speech events or something. So uh, now there is there is a difference that needs to be clarified between CCFSC and STOA. They're not exactly uh, the same because CCFSC has some strict, stricter rules regarding Certain in debate, at least, like you're not allowed to quote the Bible. Um, thank you, Christian, for that. Um, right. Uh, you're not allowed to speed and spread, and you're not allowed to use the Emory shift. Right. Um, I believe also topical counterplans, which we'll be talking about later today, are actually prohibited in CCUSC. I think um, I'm, I might be mistaken on that, but I think it's. If you run a topical counterplan, it automatically goes for an affirmative ballot or something like that. Um, <clears throat> you also cannot run critiques in CCFSE. So in general, things are just a little bit stricter. It's a, it's a very small, conservative, sort of uh, Southern Baptist-type league. Um, not not that I'm Southern Baptist or, or that you know everyone in it is, but a lot of the people that found it or a lot of the churches that host it kind of fall into that. Um, grouping, I guess you'd say. Um, but anyway, that's that's our league, and we were doing a small tournament over the weekend just for some people in the area, um, mainly for newer debaters to get practice, not not for an actual qualifying tournament. And um, I wasn't. I believe it says on our spreadsheet that it is qualifying, though, right? No, it's not. Uh, you oh. need to have um, six rounds and the minimum of seven teams to have a qualifying team policy tournament. Um, wow. So it doesn't meet those requirements. Um, unfortunately, I, I would have liked to see this this uh, as a qualifying tournament, not practice one, but that's okay. Um, it is what it is, and you know, I think everyone enjoyed it and had a good time, so yeah. that's what matters. Um, but anyway, at this tournament, we, aside from from nasty cold viruses uh we encountered um this case cutting off aid to china and that's kind of a, a long intro getting to it but we encountered this case i didn't actually see the round really i think i came in for like the last speech of it or something and <clears throat> i just happened to notice um as i was walking past the table of one of the teams after the round i happened to notice the one i see lying on the table and just happened to see the title um, cut off aid to China. So that's really all I know about this case. However, um, this case does appear to be, um, at least on its face, a valid idea. 
um, in, in 2017, according to uh, the U.S. Agency for International Development's Explorer page. Um, in 2017, we gave China something like $53 million in economic aid or something. As of 2018, our obligations have dropped down only to about $3 million, $3 million and some change, it seems like. Um, so I really question the significance of this case. Maybe it's a nice idea. So, you know, don't don't provide economic assistance to our strategic enemy. Um, that makes sense. But um, as for meeting some of the stock issues, significance, um, I mean, as like, for, I don't, I don't know what the claims of the 1AC are, whether they claim to solve for some issue, use this as soft power. I, I don't know what they are arguing off of it. I'm not sure. Presumably it's... Why would China even need that money? Because, I mean, they're like a... They're a first world country. Major world power. Um, so, sort of. They... I'm not sure if they're actually first world or second world, technically, but China... Well, they have a rising middle class. They mm -hmm. have a very... They have a massive population. And, yeah, they may have, like, 200, 300, 400 million people in the middle class. Um, a small number of people in, in sort of an elite upper class. Um, and then they have a lot of people that are sort of the poor working class, and there's a lot of poverty in China. That's the reason why, well, not necessarily the reason why, but um, a correlating factor with the fact that you see outside of Chinese factories, you see suicide nets everywhere to try to keep people from literally ending their lives because it's it's there's so much poverty and just um, it's not a great place to live. Hmm. Um, there's not there's not a um, it's not a desirable place to live. I'll leave it at that. But as a result, there's a lot of, and also, also sorry, there, China is geographically massive. So if you look at it on a map, um, as I'm doing right now, to the United States, China, while obviously it's shaped differently, is about the same size as the continental United States, minus Alaska, of course. I mean, it's huge. So in all of that space, you have undoubtedly some remote areas where there's probably people who um, don't have good access to food, healthcare, education, things like that, and that's maybe where some of that aid would go. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, as for this case, though, so I don't really, like I said, guys, this is a very spontaneous episode of the um, podcast, but um, I don't really have that many thoughts on this other than um, it seems like uh, an interesting case. Um, seems like something that on its face, I would agree with, but it seems like a good negative team could pull this apart simply based off the fact that it's not very significant or relevant. Um, you know, could maybe draw some disads from this thing. You know, so many people will, will die or something mm -hmm. if we pull out this aid, which is terrible, but definitely a possibility in <coughs> some really poor places in, in, the, um, in the country, you know? Um, so maybe some disads here, but, but, uh, definitely not a lot of significance to pull from since this is of course, economic aid and not military aid. Um, it is very unclear what would be the justified purpose for this. Um, strategically, of course, hey. China is not. Hey, Christian, uh, your voice is going a bit in and out. Maybe just like adjust your mic. Um, we're going to have to cut that out of the audio. Um, 
but China appears to be um, you know, not not a friend of the United States, but not a serious enemy in the sense that um, cutting off three million dollars to them is not really going to make a big difference. Yeah, um, that that's probably the best way I could I could summarize it. Um, Elijah, other than that, do you have any thoughts on this case? Anything you'd like to add? Um, take it away. I'm I'm actually just looking where uh, how much how big is the Chinese government budget? I can't seem to find it. Oh wait, revenues is huh? It's like um I think it's about three trillion dollars. Um, let me see here. Not quite sure here, but I, I would imagine it's a very sizable budget. Um, since they do have geographically a massive country, they have um, not a huge military, but they do have, um, you know, a sizable military. Yeah. And they have over a billion people in the country to deal with. So um, any programs or anything will involve just a massive amount of uh, government expenditures. Okay. Um, yeah, I tried to look at... Uh, I tried to look at Wikipedia, and it said that their gross uh, annual revenue was nine quadrillion, which is most likely incorrect. So I think we should move <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, awesome. And, okay, so just talking about the principle of this a little bit, because obviously China isn't our friend, um, but at the same time, um, $3 million probably won't make a big difference here. If you were facing this case, Elijah, and maybe this is putting you on the spot a little bit, but I'm just curious, how would you sort of approach this case as someone who's relatively new to debate but seems to you know, know a lot for, for someone who's a novice in debate? How would you approach this case? I would probably hound on, you know what, Judge? This is a drop in the bucket. $3 million bucks isn't really worth anything. Um, wait, going from the negative or the affirmative? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'd say it's a drop in the bucket, and we don't need the affirmative change. Uh, it's really inconsequential, like you said, it's insignificant. And if I'd probably find uh, a piece of evidence on the Chinese government and just say, hey, if it's the Chinese government's responsibility to care for their own citizens, um, yeah, that's how I'd go about it. And I'd say I'd probably find something on solvency, because... Like, what is it actually going to do? Like, because there's, like, 1.3 billion people in China. How much is 3 million? Right, I mean, yeah, like, that, that's, that's, like, one-tenth of, I, I'm, I'm not running the math, but, so this is a hyperbole, but, like, that's, like, one-tenth of a penny for every person in China. Like, it's not going to yeah. make any serious difference. No It'll matter make... what you do, like, it's not going to sway the Chinese government towards anything. It might stir up um, uh, a bit of a kerfluffle diplomatically with China. They might not like it and try to, you know, spite us a little bit, but uh, it's not going to achieve anything meaningful over $3 million. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we beat a dead horse out of, out of that case. Um, moving on to really quickly, the phrase of the week, talking about topical counter plans. So topical counter plans for those of whom don't know, um, like I said, 
possibly banned in, in CCFSE, our local league. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, topical counterplans, the reason why they're controversial is because they are counterplans which meet the, uh, the warrants of the resolution, you might say. So, for example... If there is a case, say say a team is doing the CPFA case this year, and they say, we're going to save, oh, I don't know, 3 to 10 million lives each year. Um, they throw out some nice number like that. Um, or, or let's just say 4 million lives uh, for for sake of, of this example. Um, a negative team under a topical counterplan could come up and say, you know what, we think this is a great idea, but we think there's a better way to do it. And so they run, say, the uh, local regional procurement counterplan, or they run LRP and, and CPFA or some combination of these things. Anyway, they do something that is definitely another affirmative case back at the affirmative, basically. Yeah. And when they do this, they argue it as an alternative way to do it. So as a counterplan, and they argue that the judge should vote for them because it's a better plan. Now, the way an affirmative would approach this in response is they would argue that by agreeing with the terms of the resolution, with the, the warrants or the request of the resolution to, um, to basically substantially reform foreign aid, they are therefore just making themselves another affirmative team, and by default, the ballot should be affirmative. So a lot of it with topical counterplans comes down not to in my opinion, not to how well teams debate it, but rather what the judge's philosophy are or is. Um, I'm not familiar very much with judging philosophies um, in Stoa out west or um, in the south, like Alabama, Kentucky, Texas, um, because I'm you know used to debating on, on the east coast, but. I, I can say for a fact that on the East Coast, almost every judge I've ever encountered seems to uh, be opposed to this kind of counterplan. Um, there are a few case, or judges who might be open to this sort of thing, but generally speaking, judges are just skeptical of it. And definitely in, in my you know more local league, um, CCFSE, uh, judges seem adamantly against this because they feel that it's, it's uh, too easy for the negative team to just affirm the resolution, and, and by affirming the resolution, they're just propping themselves up as another affirmative team. So um, that's a topical counterplan. That's why it's controversial. Real and, quick, uh, I have a question. Um, I thought it was always supposed to be non-topical. A counterplan is always supposed to be non-topical. Are you saying that in Stoa you can have a topical counterplan? In theory, yes, but, what? Con- but then depending that's on the judging philosophy, then... Okay. It, chances are the judge would just vote affirmative if you run a topical counterplan. But, yeah, because that's a problem. Like, then you have just two affirmative teams. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's why it's controversial. So, um, for that reason, I don't encourage anyone to run topical counterplans. I used to try doing that a lot, but <laughs> let's just say it didn't work out so well. Okay. Um, so, definitely illegal in CC of SC. You can do it, but not recommended in STOA. You can do it if you want to lose and stuff is, is how I like to think of it. Um, maybe judges think of that differently in in different regions where they have different you know debate cultures where they have different judge trainers. I don't know, but my philosophy is that 
the judge is always right, pretty much, and uh, judges generally hate topical counterplants, so just don't do it. Okay. Awesome. Now, going down to uh, really our last issue, um, or not our issue, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> our last topic for today, um, the greatest of all squirrel cases. Elijah, this is this is something that I know is, is very near and dear to your heart, so I'm going to let you totally take it away here. Um, but fill us in, and uh, uh, by all means, let us know what you thought about this, how it went, and uh, would you run this again? Um, well, okay, so to give you a little background, on the way from my first novice tournament in Fayetteville, I was cracking jokes with my partner in the car because we were bored, and his mother had to drive like an old grandma because it was icy and cold. So, and then it dawned on me, the most hilarious TP affirmative brief ever. A squirrel case about squirrels. I'm not even kidding. I wrote it, and I used it at the Charlotte practice tournament. Um, the Charlotte practice tournament was not qualifying, which was a good place to use it, and it was kind of just for fun. Um... The plan was to take 10% out of the applicable food aid budgets in Africa from each country and transfer it to the promulgation and of squirrels and the education of the public on how to on how to catch wild squirrels and eat them thereby solving a hunger crisis in Africa. Uh we I actually I spent a little bit, I spent more time than I should have on this case. Uh, I found that there, there's a really wide range. There's like six different types of squirrels over the sub-Saharan African conti- continent. And the ranges are really uh, just all over the map. And there's like big blocks of just squirrel-rich uh, areas. And that's what, I, that's what I harped on. It's an untapped food source that we can feed the millions of starving people with. Uh, <laughs> um, we were topical. We were reforming, we were substantially reforming foreign aid. And they said that we, the negative argued that we weren't topical without giving any reasons why we weren't topical. They just said, Judge, this is not topical, because I said so. That's basically it. And then um, our inherency was that people are dying of hunger. Let's feed them with squirrels. There's a problem, and we can fix it with squirrels. And they argued <coughs> that people can f- already uh, probably find their own squirrels, even though they didn't present any evidence that they could already find squirrels. So, and then for solvency, we said we are feeding people. Uh, and I brought. I actually found the nutritional facts of squirrel meat, which is comparable to chicken, except it has a bit more protein and a lot more iron, so it's nutrient rich. Um, and then, yeah. So we are feeding people was our solvency, and it, and it's gonna, it's effective food. And they again just harped on the fact that. Africans are probably already hunting squirrels. And then I think they might have brought in, like, sh- like two seconds in one of their 
in one of their speeches. They don't bring it back up. Uh, I think a white savior complex argument, just basic. We need to go over there and teach them how to run, catch their their squirrels our superior er, uh, European ways or something like that. Um, and then significance for us was there are people dying, and we need of hunger, and we can fix that by feeding them squirrels. And then disadvantages was that disadvantage. They brought up a a disadvantage against us, which is that we're going to lose 1.5 billion dollars because we send 15 billion dollars to Africa. I'm not sure we send 15 billion dollars to Africa. No, well, not currently. That might have been an old statistic. Um, so they said 10% of food aid. Yeah, that was aid overall. So it was a little bit misconstrued on that evidence, but um. It'd be 10% of food aid, and they basically said $1.5 billion is going to be wasted. And I retorted, no it isn't, we're feeding people with $1.5 billion. We're feeding them squirrels, a protein and iron-rich source of food that has been untapped. How dare you not want to feed people? And that was pretty much it. Um, we won Definitely. topicality, because it was topical. We lost inherency, significance, and solvency. <laughs> so I think we did pretty well. So on this, um, I have I have a quick question about this case. So how do you know that squirrels are an untapped food source? Because, well, I don't know. But if if they were eating all the squirrels they should, then they probably wouldn't be hungry. <laughs> is um is that was that's the fact logic that there that, the that is logic was that why the judge voted on uh inherency or, or solvency maybe uh probably the, i think it was the basically the judge the judge wasn't super a fan um like she's like raised her eyebrows at, at the <laughs> 1ac but otherwise she kind of just looked at me and flowed didn't like it all too much uh I can tell you for a fact, most judges wouldn't like this. <laughs> I, I I would be I would be more open minded. I think as a judge, I probably would vote against it, but I would be more open minded towards it. Um, but most judges probably won't like this case. But yeah. go ahead. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those days. Um, we were talking about uh, specifically inherency and whether or not. Squirrels are truly an untapped food source. Oh, yeah. Whether yes. or not. Um, well, I mean, I guess I never. I never actually explained why I was an untapped food source. I kind of just jumped to the assumption in my mind that I was an untapped food source. But basically, I wanted to do this case just for funsies. Uh, so I was going to do it either way. And I'm actually. it's it's a, I've sort of taken an oath without actually taking an oath that I will write and at a practice tournament I will use a squirrel case about squirrels every year from now on oh my yes oh boy um okay so so I take you will run this case again well, somehow not this somewhere specific, not this specific but I don't know maybe if we have um next year if we have changing medical policy or something I can change it to include um 
I know for a fact that Chinese there's a Chinese medicine made out of squirrel poop. So, like, yeah, oh. I I try to find a way to legalize that. Oh dear. Um, I will not be taking that medicine unless I really need it. Um, <laughs> you might okay. need it. You might need it right now, actually. I I might. You never know with with what I've got going here. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, <laughs> okay. So anyway, guys, um, in wrapping up for this week, because I know this has been really spontaneous, it's been a little random, um, but that, that's kind of how we how we vibe. Um, this week at the tournament was an interesting week. It was a fun tournament. Got to see a lot of great people catch up with some debaters, former debaters. Um, we we encountered, aside from Colt, we encountered uh, the cutoff aid to China case, which something I would definitely something i would urge people to look into don't don't face it unprepared because the affirmative team seemed very prepared with it but i'm very skeptical as to the significance of the case i think in cross x you could probably poke some holes into it but i definitely would come prepared with some of the latest numbers from usaid on uh, on that case to show why it's insignificant and then the the greatest of all squirrel cases and our phrase of the week, topical counterplans. Um, guys, do yourself a favor. Don't run a topical counterplan. But if you do, make sure it's about squirrels. Um, yeah, that, That's all I got this week, guys. Elijah, do you have anything else before we close? Oh, I'd just like, really like uh, to invite everyone to send your briefs or your ideas or anything you want us to look over, uh, talk about on the show um, to teampolicypodcast at gmail.com. We would Absolutely. so much love to get community feedback on this. We really would. Um, we, we do love it when everyone comments on in our, our, our Facebook posts or our YouTube posts. Um, but we really, really want to make this sort of something where not only can we be entertaining and, and maybe help help you guys or, or, or help ourselves by, I don't know, putting out content, but we really want this to become more of a community involvement. So we yep. want to have on more debaters. We want to um, help maybe newer debaters who are still figuring things out a little bit, who have legitimate questions, ask us about stuff. I'm personally, this is like my fourth year. I, I, I'm losing track. I'm, I'm so sick right now. Um, this is like my fourth year of debate uh, for team policy, my fifth year of debate as a whole. Um, so, you know, I hope that I can answer some questions that some people might not be able to, or maybe add a different perspective than some people bring to the table. So please send us stuff, please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash teampolicypodcast. And last but not least, check us out on our brand new Instagram. I literally made it right before we got on the show. So check us out at teampolicypodcast on Instagram. Again, that's at teampolicypodcast on Instagram. Once more, you can find us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash teampolicypodcast. Send us your memes, send us your debate cases. We'd love to talk to you guys soon. And uh, peace out until the next episode. Awesome. 